Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Today, we're talking about getting started, the hardest part of any business. Do you need a mentor? What role does that play? And why would I tell you attitude matters much, much more than the experience you have? And how to tell even if the business you're working on is a million-dollar business or a bomb? Hey, listen in. Hey, Barbara. What up, girl? It's Lizzie from Atlanta. And, well, recently I just moved to Dallas. But my question is this. How do you know when you should give up on an idea? I know persistence is key, but when do you know if it is a hobby versus a viable business? Thank you. Hopefully you picked me. Love you, girl. I have another business where I've been you know, doing it for a while and I keep thinking Tell in the back about of that. So I get a picture of that. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, um, I created a digital tampon dispenser, um, to kind of get rid of those coin operated ones that never work. And, you know, nobody has quarters and the products are really sketchy. And, um, we launched right before the pandemic, but you know, we've run into a few things with that and I'm just kind of, on the fence about whether it's worth it or not from like a profit standpoint and margins and it kind of hasn't really taken off. So that's where I'm at right now. Well, you know, if you, if you focus on the profits and the margins, how long have you been doing it? Like a year? You said right mm-hmm. from the pandemic? That's a good one. Um, so I came up with the idea when I was in college and didn't really fully execute on it until about a year prior because I was trying to be a sports agent and, couldn't get hired as a sports agent. And I kind of really didn't believe in the idea if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And so I've been full force with it for, for about a year and a half now. And, um, it's just, it's not, it's not taking off because of a few things, supply chain and it's, it's the logistics really and truly. It's not that I can't get a meeting. It's just, it's the logistics of everything, honestly. When you say logistics, meaning getting it in the ladies' room of that chain of hotels, the aspect of actually shipping it and attaching it to the wall, or what do you mean? Like, give me an example of a logistical yeah. problem. Yeah, for and sure. Well, it keeps getting in the way. Um, okay, yeah, great question. So, pretty much one one thing we've run into is we don't private label our own products. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing, and it's really hard when somebody goes to reorder the products, they have to go to another vendor, then we have to repack the packaging to fit inside the machine. Then, yeah, it's expensive for one. And two, just like you said, for installation costs, people don't really want it. We need them to have skin in the game, but they don't want to install it on the wall, right? It's a, it's a big hurdle for them. And it's the, it's, it's not easy to do. It's kind of like we're doing the most for them and they're really, we profit share with them, but that's not, that's not a huge incentive, you know? Mm-hmm. And who's the them that you typically call on? What, who, right. who are you making your sales calls to? So primarily we call on mostly men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, no doubt. Right, right. Um, and they are the um, facility managers, the general managers of the stadium, the um, customer customer service or customer representative type people, but mostly we've been calling on um, schools, uh, airports, and stadiums. Those are big sales, hard to make, no matter what the product is. Even if it's a proven product, just breaking through that barrier is an enormous sales challenge, I think. Have you had success with any particular group or it's pretty much the same obstacles, no matter who you're calling on? So we have had success with um, one airport so far. Uh, We had a pilot that lasted a year and because of the pandemic, we've had a few challenges with that, but airports have primarily, well, I can't even say plural because it's just one. So that's where I'm at, right? Like, is that really successful? One client? I don't know, you know? It's a start. Yeah, it's a start. It depends so much on how excitable you are personally about the prospect of where that start could lead. And right. 
And I just, uh, if I could just give you my observation of the way you're delivering the information. Uh, when you're talking about it, I don't feel a lot of energy coming from you, like a real belief in it. And yet when you talk about social media, you're popping. I didn't see that when you're talking about this product. And that's a good barometer as to how your gut is reacting versus your head. You could really talk through and think through uh, the rationale behind any product and do it with fervor. Uh, but you can't fake emotion. It's going to either be there or it's not going to be there. The enthusiasm is either through the moon over your product or it's not. So I would say on first blush, you should get rid of the damn thing. Okay. I'll give you a lot of reasons why. Your, la your own uh, lack of total belief in it. Okay. Right. Um, the, the logistics is a, is a problem uh, because when you ask a big guy to get vested in something that a little guy needs to execute a plan, uh, the answer is almost always no. So hitting the airports, the stadiums, whatever. You know, you, you want to put it on my wall. You want to bring your guys in. You want to deliver it. And, and you pay me $1,000 up front for every machine. Fine. That would be a sales pitch that that kind of a institutional client would be attracted to. But you're not in the position of doing that. You're, you're asking for a partnership, you know. And then you're selling to men, too. They don't use the damn tampons. So maybe that's a stretch even of itself, right? Right. Uh, and if they were so smart, they would make all the ladies' rooms three times bigger than the men's room at every public facility, which they don't, all right? Because they think that women take the same time to use the bathroom as a man, which is never the, never the issue. You're always got a long line with the women's and no line at the men's, right? right. So let's say that you get rid of that problem, okay? Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I didn't mean to say problem. Let's say you get rid of that business <laughs> and clear the deck. Uh, that's a scary prospect. Uh, I think a lot of people hold on to ideas. You haven't been on this one very long, but I've seen people hold on to what could be or would be or should have been or maybe never was going to be a good business idea for years uh, because of the blank canvas you have to stare at after you get rid of it. Mm. So how about you? You get rid of it and now, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to talk to people and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm working on blah, blah, blah. What are you going to fill the space with? That is a, a very important question, a good question. But for most of us, very, very scary. So what do you think? You, I get the feeling you've given that a little thought already. I have. I have given that a little thought. And I, I already have something that um, came from the machines. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's an app. And it's more of community-based and it's still filling the need of trying to get people to find products wherever they are, but it's more community-based because that's complicated. You're going to have to give me a really clear, like for, for a six-year-old to understand. Okay. Yeah. Right. So think of the Uber for tampons. Okay. okay. Wherever you are going, you need a tampon. Um, if you do, most of the time, 78% of people ask their friends for a product. Mm -hmm. And um, going over the fact that the hardware is very hard, um, people still want the community and they still ask their friends. So what if you were in a public space in a school in an airport and you got on an app and you needed a tampon and Lizzie, who's standing five feet next to you, had one for you and you could meet up with her and you could get the product. Mm. So you would just text out, hey, anybody got a tampon? And you think that sense of community is that people uh, within proximity will say, give a tampon to a stranger? Yes. How would they know about the app and have it on their phone in the first place? Right. Um, so through social media, we have uh, a pretty big following on social media. We're growing and we've seen, we've asked our community, what do you want? What do you need? And we've seen that people still want community. They want to be there for other people. And they also want to give to um, people in need. And so what they would do is we would put it out and promote it on social media and you, it would be a map based. So it would be based on proximity. You would see that somebody is close to you. Kind of like when you're calling an Uber, Oh, somebody is, you know, you can see your car driving up. There's cars, you know, in the proximity around you. Mm -hmm. I would think uh, the technology on that uh, would be sizable to develop. You could do, you could do either. Um, I have been talking to some kind of studio type people that are interested in doing it and working um, kind of, they come in as like a technical co-founder, but they're, they're not, they don't play the full role. Um, but it, it's kind of off the shelf. Like you said, it's not, 
you don't develop it from the ground up, but you still do own the rights of it. Um, well, I'm here to tell you honestly how I feel. I don't think it's a good idea. And I hate to say that because I love to see anybody really promote something. And I love a new business and I love the growth and I love the enthusiasm that, that and what people get out of having their own business. But um, I think getting the word out even, and you have a good following. And who's the we in this, by the way? You keep talking about we. Um, I have people on my team. They're all vested in the business too. They're like co-founders. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. too. So maybe I'm missing the point, but I don't think the need is large enough to make a business okay. out of that. And I and prove me wrong. I, I don't want to discourage you by any but you're um, I think the need to be in a crisis situation where you really need a tampon happens, but I don't think it's like every day. Oh my God, I didn't realize it was the 30th. I didn't put a tampon in my purse. You know, I keep a tampon in my purse just to feel young because, Hey, look at that tampon down there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think most women that are menstruating probably anticipate the period piece and have a tampon or two in their purse. I don't think it, or could get the quarter if they have to or whatever. I don't think the need is large enough. And I think to build the software and to get the traction, to get the word out enough so that when that woman in Dallas airport uh, needs that tampon, she doesn't hear from somebody at a Houston airport instead. It's gotta be somebody like within 20 minutes to give her the tampon, right? So I think you'd really have to saturate a lot like Uber to see those yeah. cars coming your way, you know? I think that's a sizable challenge. What else can you do? Your acumen at social media is spectacular, if you don't mind me saying that. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean it. You know, we have a lot of fans following us and posting and mimicking, uh, but you do it so fast and so well. I read it. I thought, this girl's got to be a social media person. I am shocked that that's not your livelihood and you enjoy it because it's spontaneous and it's fun and everything. Uh, tell me about what you're doing in social media. You said you have a couple of clients. What are you doing? Are you charging them? Is it is, yes. it, is it a charity? And how are you doing with that and for how long? Yeah. Uh, the, no, it's definitely not a charity. I'm charging them. I have two uh, B2B clients that I'm doing their social media uh, marketing strategy, um, email marketing, and I actually got those two clients from the airport. Um, but I've been doing that for a year. Once the pandemic hit, I started that so I could pay my bills. And what can you charge for that? What kind of income can you get in per client per month? Um, well, it depends on how big the business is. But uh, honestly, you could get anywhere from $1,000 to $15,000 a client, depending on how big their scope is and depending on how many people you have working on your team. Uh -huh. And if you wanted to have a basic client for $1,000 a month, do you need people on your team for that? Or is that something that you can accomplish? No, I could accomplish that. I would think, right? With your mm -hmm. hand, one hand tied behind your back. And how about for $15,000 a month? Do you, need a, do you need a staff person working with you for that? Yes. For and sure. Do you have someone like that? Um, I have potential people that I'm starting to interview, but I have not brought in on anyone yet. Would you have to bring them in on a payroll basis or could you do the piecemeal based on how many clients, how many hours they work? Um, I think I could do it uh, based on how many clients. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? I think you're out of your mind if you don't build a big business out of that. Okay. You're probably just as good at managing people because of the force of your personality you seem so nice. Like I would, I would want to hang out with you. That's a very good sign that you'd be a good manager. Good to just the, the aspect that people like you. And I'm sure everyone who meets you likes you, right? I think so. I hope so. I imagine I'm trying to look at you like, what's wrong with this little Lizzie? There's not a thing wrong. Uh -huh. What if you focus your entire energy on that and set yourself a goal? Because that was back to your question. Uh, persistence is key. When do you know it's time to give up? You would not give up on your social media business right now, would you? No. You know, clear as a bell, right? Clear as a bell, you would not, right? I could do it in my sleep. <laughs> and yet, you didn't have that clarity at all with your tampon business. Correct. I did not. Okay. So let that be your gut guide. Guts always tell the truth. You know, right. Get in the way. But I would set a goal as to how many clients you want within six months. Okay. How are you going to get them? Okay. What you have right now is you have traction with two clients, very different than when you have no clients and you're selling people. 
right. two clients. And if you could actually show how you've increased their business or their following, you know, yeah. do some analytical type charts, because people like to see that kind of shit, you know? Of course. Yeah. But I can't imagine uh, why you wouldn't have a hugely successful business. And I don't think you have to put any money out. I think you could get someone working for you or five people or 10 people on a piecemeal basis on the side, part-time. Yeah. If you're good at recognizing talent, but you obviously have the talent. So that naturally follow. You'll see it or not see it in someone else right away. No? Right. And yeah, I, yeah, I guess my whole thing was that, you know, I haven't listened to people and I know that I should. And it's good that you're telling me this because I'll definitely listen to you. <laughs> no, no, don't. no, no, this is not true. I, all my best entrepreneurs don't listen to me. I know, but the social media aspect though, I do need to lean into that. I do. That's the right feel for you. You probably have another nine feels that you could do well because you have great people skills. You're a clean communicator. You have high energy and you have a good eye. That applies to a lot of businesses. You could probably do an ad agency business, a public relations business. You could do uh, probably anything, uh, a sportswear business. You just have that energy. But if you know the craft of one and you do it exceptionally well, that's a great place to start. A great right. cornerstone for any business. So when I said my entrepreneurs, my best ones don't listen to me, it's not really true. They listen to me, but then in the end, they listen to themselves and decide what they're going to do. Of course. So no harm in asking people opinions, but very difficult if you let that overrule or overpower or, or, or change your own opinion. Your own opinion is the opinion that counts, you know. Right. Yeah. I wish I didn't have a team of social media people. I'd hire you today. <laughs> I mean it. You're so good at it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Was there anything standing in the way of this? It seems to me so obvious that there must be something else that made you hesitate. I'm just wondering if from, there's something that I didn't address. Yeah. Hesitate from the social media? Doing the social media business and dropping the other, but particularly wrapping yourself around the social media. I think it was ego, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've spent, you know, I came up with the idea when I was in college and I, you, you know, when you want to be the first person to do something. Yep. I yeah. I, I think it was that and that I didn't want to give it up. And I mean, I got it tattooed on my wrist. So it's oh kind of, your mother must, must want to kill you for that one. Yeah, probably. I really don't care though. <laughs> and, uh, to prove your commitment to tampons. It, right. And it, it means a female warrior. So I, it has a good background. Um, I, but I really think it was just the ego. I think it was my ego wanting to, you know, it's like you never give up and you hear the stories of the entrepreneurs who never give up and they spend 10 years doing this. I'm like, I don't want to spend 10 years to have one client. I don't want to do that. That's your intelligence speaking. You know what I, I have to tell you, I have seen 10 uh, driven entrepreneurs on the wrong idea for everyone on the right idea. I always think of it like a dog on the wrong path. Great. That, that dog's going down that path, but it sure as hell better be the right path or the dog's useless. Right. But no, right. many people uh, do that and the ego gets in the way. They mortgage their houses. They give up all kinds of stuff when their original idea doesn't have the traction to become a big idea. And I think right. idea is a good, worthy idea. I'm not knocking that. And I like the community aspect of it. I think you are more in love with the community aspect of it more than you are in solving the tampon problem, you know? And, uh, but you've given it time. You even tattooed your arm, okay? I know. Put social media on the other arm. <laughs> and get going right yeah okay only if you do a matching one <laughs> but send me the goal for six months from today if you decide to do it i'd, I'd be very eager I will. To hear about your success okay thank you all right don't give up on this one this is a good one yeah i won't thank okay. you Barbara. My name is Khalees. I'm 30 years old. I'm a new business owner and entrepreneur. I have an event coordinating business, which I plan to evolve into a marketing and PR agency. I truly do enjoy that part of entertainment, um, but I lack the real work experience. The experience I did obtain from interning didn't last very long, and it was very scattered. I'm reteaching myself everything and confident up to a certain extent. I've tried to gain mentorship, which has also failed. How can I take my business to the next level without having the core experience under my belt? 
Should I be seeking a more experienced person to partner with? How would I start that? Thanks. Let me start off by saying, in an overall sense, I think uh, desire to do something is far more important than core experience. Most very successful businesses I've known, I purchased through Shark Tank or invested in through Shark Tank, did not have core experience. They kind of developed it as they went. You seem to be working around your concern about not having the right core experience or the right partner or the right internship or the right whatever. Right. That can make you very insecure. It's almost like you're working with a hole in your tire. It's leaking out and you're trying to act like you know how to go down the highway. Right. So I did kind of want to reshape my question to you because after, you know, obviously calling with some time that passed and listening back to my message, um, so I don't want to, I, I have experience. I have the field experience when it comes to, you know, being in the event space and being in the service space. So I don't want to downplay that part, even though I had to learn not to downplay that part to myself, because even though I hadn't gotten like a job, you know, a permanent job placement from those internships or, um, you know, temp roles, you know, I spent a good amount of time in them to where I, I that's my foundation pretty much. I learned well, most of what I know. Please, what do you think was in the way that you didn't get those roles, those offerings, those positions? Honestly, um, in the beginning, it was, it was life. Um, you know, I, oh. I was able to do it. You know, I was able to do school and work and internship for a little bit, but then I had to start working. I had to make money. So I had to leave, you know, for a little bit, but then I, what I did get a chance to, you know, go back into the temporal space. Um, and that's when I tried to take advantage of more, uh, trying to get in the, um, marketing and the branding, um, so part. You had those positions in a way for an employer, uh, they're a tryout position. Let me try this person out. Let me try that person out before I commit right. the more can use for that than teaching someone the trade. Okay. Uh, in each of those instances, I got the impression it was like two or three different apprenticeships you had. And were there a few? Yeah. Yeah, it was a few. So when I started off, I started off in fashion. So I thought that I want, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so that's where I got my kind of business slash like pop-up event um, experience. So that was the beginning of my experience. So I spent a good about three I want to say three years in the, in the fashion world. So once I figured out that, well, I don't want to be in fashion, but the PR and the branding part of it and the events part is what I gravitated to the most. Um, Good experience. Yeah. Um, so I tried to land myself in the inner, in entertainment. Um, and that's where I started the tent, but I only spent about like a year and a half well, a year and a half in the in a in a real entertainment agency office where um, I thought I was going to be able. Wasn't for you. You just concluded that's not for me, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't even want to say that because I I started you know front desk and then I was able to work my way up to do a, have a marketing role, which but then the company went down <laughs> or got bought out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, when can I catch my break with this? Um, so the lack of experience that I do have that does make me insecure is the branding part. You know, I got my degree in communication, so I'm familiar with the steps and the, you know, that I, that comes with branding and marketing. I just never got that core experience in that department or role. But that's very, very different, I think, in my way of thinking, to a marketing and a PR agency. I know event planning is a piece of PR, can be a piece of marketing, but it's almost a functional yeah. piece. Well, it's also a management piece because you're planning it. Uh, but I right. see a huge uh, bridge uh, to go from a coordinating or event planning business to, to evolving into a marketing and PR agency. And that's what you said you want to do. Can you tell me uh, what that looks like in your mind's eye? Yeah, so that is a part of my long-term plan. 
And are you envisioning getting additional work from your current clients to acknowledge you as a full agency and use you for everything? Or is it you're hoping to hire people who work with you to go after that new piece of business? Is it something you want to involve your current customers uh, into in the future? Or are you thinking of you need other branches to your business? Um, both. Oh, so, yeah, so right now where I'm at business-wise, I am focusing just more on the leisure side of events, um, more on the smaller scale. But within that, I am starting to take the steps to approach small businesses. I want to start to take the steps to wanting to approach smaller, like small businesses and offering that um branding component so I can start to build that customer break customer based. You know what I think overall overarching theme. Um, I do not think you should be looking for a partner. It's and for uh, the simple reason that you don't have enough clarity as to really what you want to do. You know? Um, well I do, Barbara. Can I spell it out for you? Of course, please do. Okay. So currently I, I have my my planning and coordinating business. So right now that is my main focus. But again, because I know my long term my long term plan of wanting to become an agency, I'm making those steps. But right now it's just the planning and coordinating business. Planning and coordinating is like parties and things of that sort or also launches. Yes. Which it could be both. So is it now? Yeah. It's more leisure events right now. Leisure events. So you'd like to move yes. to the side. Okay, got it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's right now. Um, I want to... How will you turn... do... What's the first, second, and third step do you envision to make that happen? Without, put the partnership, potential partnership to the side. What would be the first, second, and third steps you think would lead from where you are to where you want to go? That's clear where you want to go. Right. So... Where I want to go is for, oh, the, the second step is how I can bring in the funding in, more lucrative funding, especially while I'm trying to get clients at the same time. So my most tangible product right now that I have under my business, I just, my biggest investment I just made with myself is I just got a photo booth. So that's one of my biggest offerings through my event business. So I just got a, it's called a 360 photo booth. It's very popular and trendy. Um, funding for, I'm curious, you've just brought that up, the funding. What would you, how much funding, what would you, what do you need for? Well, a part of my plan to, to get to where I want to be is I, I want to turn into a, a party rental space as well. So I want to start to obtain, um, luxury and specialized like tables and chairs backgrounds um you know i want to i i want to be a full service event so i want to be a non-stop shop you know in in the beginning of my steps so the funding i'm i'm hoping my hope i'm hoping that my photo booth will will start to bring in the income to where i can start putting that towards my rental entity for that so um that's what I kind of want to use that for. But again, you know, COVID events, it's like, you know, it's, that's the, it's, it's, it's a challenge right now. And then, you know, with that and clients, but so I want to also become a rental company. And then from my, from my rental income, once that starts generation, uh, generating enough income, I want to, do you have a close friend or, or anyone you've met in business who's one of those people that's a good sounding board and tells you like it is? You know, not the girlfriend who says, oh, you look beautiful every day she sees you, but somebody who says, what have you done to your hair? My God, do you have anything <laughs> like that? Yeah. Yes, I, I surround myself with people. Um, one of the things that I've lacked that I have also wanted, have also been gravitating tours or wanting has been mentorship. Again, I think that's been one of the falls of me not being in, a, I guess, more of a core job placement because I haven't been able to obtain that. Um, so 
here's my advice to you. Okay. Because you're rich with uh, many informations and many thoughts. So I could really spend a lot of time with you. And it would be a pleasure doing that. But in the interest of the people following you, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you lack clarity. But when you express your thoughts, I'm not getting clarity. Okay. And then I could tell you're 150% genuine. It's not like you're, you know, smart ass or trying to skirt over stuff. You're so genuine. And so it's more painful to me uh, to see lack of clarity on someone who's so 150% real, right? Okay. I think that's nothing more than uh, the ability. I, I, I think you have the ability to think clearly. I think you have a hard time articulating in a um, sequence, in a sequential kind of way, what you want to go to, where, you, how you're going to get there. It doesn't sell me. So mm -hmm. I'm in the business of investing in businesses, as you know, on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And the only businesses that don't leave with investments over the years, I've noted, are not businesses that aren't worthy or entrepreneurs that aren't worthy. I'm sitting there thinking, this person deserves a break. This person's smart. This person could do something. But it's the inability to articulate the plan in a way that people go along for the ride. So when, for example, if you say get a mentor, which was just, I know that's not a main thing that was tagged on uh, yeah. funding. I know that's not a main thing that was tagged on. Uh, but to get anybody outside your own body to go along or the partnership that might be a potentially good partnership, we didn't go down that path so much. But any of those uh, new beginnings or new starts that are necessary to get a business developed and get it along the way, have to believe and understand what they're signing up for and get it, like within three seconds. I get it, I get it. It's the old fashioned elevator pitch. Right. I think you need to get clarity on that and practice like crazy. I think it's gonna get in the way of you building your business and getting in the way of your dreams. And you're a big dreamer and it would, be, would break my heart to think that uh, something like that that could be cured uh, could get in your way. I asked you if you had a friend who tells it like it is. I would make a list of my friends and say, who's the person who always tells me like it is and ask them for an afternoon of their time, this Saturday, maybe two weeks again, another Saturday, another Saturday. And you start pitching them on, this is where I'm going to go with my business. First, I'm going there. Next, I'm going there. Third, I'm going there. This is what I'm lacking. One, two, three, like an outline, that kind of thing. And I think it would give you the clarity to progress much faster. But okay. I think the A to B to C, is it a natural thing for you? Because you're creative. And mm -hmm. that's, I get it. Most creative people are not great at that other thing, but you won't find it in a partner unless you could even articulate with clarity where you want to go. You can get a partner like that, but nobody can do it for you but yourself. Nobody could put a label on you but yourself. So I think uh, you should... Do that and come back and talk to me as a goal. Okay. And give me a new okay. pitch. Give me a new pitch like you're on Shark Tank. Because so I think it would help you a great, have great clarity of really uh, what you need to do, A, B, C, D, E, in that order, uh, in your own thinking, which you have the thought. But I don't think the execution is easy because of the disorganization of the delivery of it. I hope you don't mind me speaking very truthfully right now. No, no and I... I I mean, thank you, obviously, like your uh, opinion that matters. And I, I agree. Often wrong. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, your opinion is very valuable. And that is, I agree, you know, that is something that I have been working on personally and as a business person. And do it out know. loud to get good at it. You have to do it out right. loud. You can't do it on a pad by yourself, by yourself. I, I just doesn't work somehow. You yes. Know? This is doing it out loud today. Right. And I felt like I practiced, but, you know, I know it, it, it takes, you know, more than once, more than twice, more than three times to really get what I need to across. Um, but may I ask, what, what is the real confusion part that you're getting from me? What exactly do I need to clarify? The whole shoot match. My business now is this, I have three clients. This is what I do for each client. This is what it pays. I work by myself, okay? Maybe that's the beginning. I have a business, I work by myself. I have it three years, I have three clients. This is what I'd like to sell these clients, how I'd like to sell them. 
This is how I'd like to get additional clients because this is a clear goal of where I want my business to be much more than it is now. I want this, this, and this, and this is how I'm going to get this, this, and this. The sequential order. It's got to be okay. that very, very clear, like a scientific project. You've got the right. thoughts. You've got the thoughts. You don't have a shortage of thoughts or vision. Oh, right. Yeah. And you seem okay. like you have the determination as well but you have to have the clarity to get to where you want to go. You need a roadmap that's so clear, you can loan it to somebody and they can get there for you. Hi, Barbara. My name is Lisa. I'm calling from Southern California, and I'm actually a research scientist. And my question for you, I think, is applicable to a lot of people, is that how do you find a mentor? Um, if you're trying to go out there in the world and find a new position or even transition into another position, how did you find your mentor or how do you recommend that uh, people early on in their career seek out mentors that can help them guide them along the way? Um, how do you develop that relationship? How do you find a network? Um, so that would be great. Thanks. Bye. I guess I have a few more yeah. questions. You're very articulate in what you were looking for and you're a research scientist now, but you mentioned in the closing that you were thinking of transitioning into a new field. Potentially. Um, I'm open to any kind of a position that would allow me to use my skill sets and my expertise to help others and make an impact. Um, so I could do consulting work. I could do nonprofit work. I could do... Um, uh, research analyses for for-profits. Um, so basically I'm a behavioral research scientist and I study decision-making or I'm interested in why people choose to engage. Oh. So within the context of education, I look at students' beliefs around, can I do it? Is it worth it? When it comes to learning, homework, asking questions in class, any of those types of behaviors that we think are important. Uh -huh. And we look to see how those beliefs sort of impact those behaviors. And over time, like, did it end up in college as a consequence of like doing all these positive adaptive behaviors that we want them to do? You seem enormously curious, Nissan, are you? I am. I am. I am. I would think that's, that would be the engine that would drive that kind of work, wanting to see what you could learn from that. What is the skill set from what you're doing now that's applicable, the actual skills? Because when you said you could do consulting, nonprofit, research analysis, I'm thinking of all of that in the area of left brain, uh, all of that in the uh, area of studying something and making a conclusion. Uh, why would you not stay with your current job as a research scientist? Are you not enjoying that enough and you want to just take a switch and go down a different path? No, that's a great question. Um, I enjoy what I do. And it's more of a I'm on a contract to contract basis. Ah. So I've been I've been very fortunate. And um, I've been able to bring in large grants. So 2.7, for example, million dollars from the Department of Education. That's Another one. It's great, but the problem with that is they're short-term projects that are funded through the university. So for example, my current project ends in six months. And so I have to go back on the job market um, and becoming a tenure track professor is there are very few positions available. Mm -hmm. Would that be a dream if you could do that? Well, I enjoy it, but there's a lot I could be doing. Yeah. I think, I think you're too curious to be, it's almost like you park your car and leave it there. I don't see you as that person. I see you as wonder what the other parking lot is like and should I get a new car and how much space is in that parking spot? Will I fit? <laughs> I see you more in that arena. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, why do you think you need a mentor? Do you have a mentor now? Um, it wasn't just for me in general, but in, in general, I work with a lot of early career scholars like myself. And so there's this very paved path in what we do. And I think that that's the case in a lot of other professions as well. And if you are fortunate enough to have a boss or a project manager that can mentor you, that's great. But if you don't, how do you find one? Do I have one right now? Yes. And she's great. Uh -huh. And if I want to stay in what and I'm how doing. How did you find that one, by the way? How did you find her? Because I was paired with her through my project. I see. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like an apprenticeship model. Once I So I have a doctorate in education. And once I received that, mm -hmm. I went into the intermediary position called a postdoctoral position. So with that, I was paired with her. 
And she's a leading scholar in the field. So she's phenomenal in that sense. But I talked to a lot of uh, folks that are early in the early stages of their careers, like myself. Uh-huh. And if for whatever reason, their relationship with this person that they're working for doesn't work out, and they have to go and work in another field, or let's say they decide to go work for Facebook or wherever. Uh-huh. This idea of how do you get guidance from someone who's has more experience than you and is wiser than you? Uh-huh. How do you strike up that relationship? Or do you just go and say, hey, Barbara, will you be my mentor? And would you know, how does that relationship get started? Or Well, you're speaking with the we voice uh, as to how it could help many of these young people that are sort of a little bit younger than you and starting out. Uh, let's just for the sake of this, because it's more meaningful, let's talk about just you. You leave this position, it comes to term, it's a six month term, and you go on to the next position, which you're probably not sure you're gonna get because that's a, the, the problem with any kind of a term position is it brings out every insecurity in the individual. I don't care what faith you're in, what kind of occupation you're in. It's kind of like, what's next? It's like being a paid actress and the movie runs out, you know? Uh, but you'll always find one. Haven't you always found a position so far? You're absolutely right. I have. You're one of those. How important a role is that woman who's your mentor in your current role going to play in getting you the next position? That's a great question. Um, I haven't thought about it if we're speaking about just myself. Um, I've had conversations with her and she's willing to support me in whichever way I need with regards to if I ask. Right. But if I don't know what to ask for, I suppose I would have to first figure that out before I can ask for it. I think so. You have to figure it out also. And I think uh, a woman in that position could support you, uh, but she won't lead you. Uh, She's working. You have a circumstance right now where it works out that she can give you advice, et cetera. I think you overestimate by a mile the importance of a mentor. Um, If I were looking at you and listening to you, uh, I would think, who could you mentor? You'd make a great mentor. I do. I do mentor uh, folks that are a uh, junior to myself. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you should, you care very much. Um, and as you mentor, uh, like what, what would encourage you to take someone on as a subordinate, someone you could guide them? What, what makes you take someone on? They just ask, be my mentor. And you say yes to everybody who asks. So what turns you on and makes it a worthwhile proposition? Because you're not Yeah. I usually stumble on my mentoring relationships through my students that come to work on projects that I'm working on with them. So they're forced to be with you and you build a relationship. That's a natural way to build a mentorship or friendship or a colleague, whatever you want to call it. That's natural. But have you picked up other people independent of your work on the outside and you've become their mentors? No, I have not. Yeah. So I'm in a very structured I think essentially a culture, right? Uh, Especially in academia where you kind of follow the recipe Mm -hmm. and you're paired with someone and you assume that's how it works. But I have not explored outside of that within my current career. And I'm not even suggesting you do. Uh, What I would rather suggest to you is that I think mentorship is way overrated. I think the world has changed. Um, Most people, uh, for example, I guess I had a mentor. I never thought of it that way. I wouldn't have used that word, but I had a business partner. I leaned on him, he leaned on me building my business. And so that was a natural kinship because we were business partners. But I never had anyone in my industry, even outside my little world, that's helped me out. You know, I certainly have people like once in a while get advice from technical advice that I could get answer a question, but not like a friendship kind of come under my arm, even for a day. It wasn't part of it. So I might be a very biased individual thinking that mentorship is overrated. But I also think the world has changed. I think you don't need to know someone personally uh, to get their knowledge. I mean, we're living in a world today where you can follow someone on social media. You can listen to a number of podcasts, read a number of books. We're in a world of free information where people put their best information forward. And I actually think listening to 30 people, what they think of this or that or whatever I'm working on or wherever I need help gives me a lot more options, a lot more answers than going to that one individual that will probably have the right answer for me is asking a lot of an individual. I think it's out the window. I don't think beyond 
the role where you're working day to day and someone helping you or helping you point things out because they're more senior to you, I don't think it exists anymore. Now, I might be missing it. Uh, I don't think it exists. I think the kindness of someone like you helping the younger person who comes into your department or research project is what mentoring is today. It's very individual, but beyond that, an expectation or delivery, I don't think it exists myself. But we've got this other huge world of information and talent and personality willing to share that's just yours for the taking, whoever you are, whatever you need. Uh, and that's the kind, I think that's the power move if you want guidance, you know? I'm wondering uh, too, why you're a little insecure. You said something to me that perked my ears because I'm about business and money, not academia, okay? But you said you brought in a grant for $2.4 million. Did you say that a while ago? I helped collaborate on a proposal that was awarded. All right, do you know that is the most important part of academia to fund something? <laughs> Could you do that better than other people? Do you feel like you have a knack for doing that? I'm getting good at it as it's a practice skill. So we've put in currently another two grants that are under review. Mm -hmm. um, they're competitive. We'll see if one comes through. I've been entrepreneurial in the past couple of years and where I've funded the projects that I've been a part of. You funded them. But, um, with that, it's definitely very unstable because it just goes from project to project. Of course, yeah. But could you could you raise funding independent of yourself for projects you want to work on? Like walk in with the funding or the potential of probably getting funding and saying, hey, I, I, it's not just me you're having, but I'm bringing the funding in with me. Can it work that way in your world? I don't know it well. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's an unpaved road, but that doesn't mean it can't be paved, right? You're the girl that likes to go to the next lot and see if you can park your car there, you know, by your nature, right? Uh, I almost feel like, and I might be wrong on this, but I almost feel like you're restrained by this contract work. You know, it's keeping you in an envelope that you're more capable of that you could burst out of. I'm just really wondering what that burst is about, what, what that looks like. But I feel like you have that in you. Really? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I'm not just I, I, give you a compliment, but does that resonate with you? Can you think of anything that you, have you had that thought yourself? That I'm constrained by the contract. Um, Period of time and the organization of it all. So far, I've been really blessed to work on projects that I've wanted to, but it could be. And I think that's the risk with the position um, because you have to propose projects that, whoever is the investor wants to invest in, right? Uh, if we talk about it in that term. So hopefully what you want to do aligns with their ambitions. And if it doesn't, then you're constrained in that sense to the work that you do. Um, but so far you've been lucky. You've done meaningful work that you're that engages you that you really like. Absolutely. Is that unusual in your field? Do most people have that? Or do most people get stuck on clongers that they're not excited about? The latter. Really? Uh, maybe yeah. one of the lucky people who's going to skip along the the top of the water and skip on to from one lovely project to another to another. And that would make you very happy, wouldn't it? Uh, that would be very rewarding indeed. Um, so it's something that I'm constantly thinking about and thinking about different ways to make that a reality. How do you do that? How do people do it in your field? How do you find that next project? Somebody does a knock on your door and say, hey, I have a project. How do you find that? I'm just not sure how that all works. Right, so in academia, typically you partner with institutions or people at institutions that have more leverage. So when they put in a proposal to, for example, the National Science Foundation, um, being part of a larger organization signals I think more reliability to those Absolutely. agencies oh. and therefore you're more likely to get funded. But if myself as Nissan put in a proposal, it's less likely regardless of how interesting it is for them to find, for example, um, oh. trust that I can carry out the work that I'm going to be doing. So for, mm -hmm. to, to answer your question, you need to be able to collaborate and partner Mm -hmm. um, how do so you that's find important. those partners? How do you find your next partner and your next project? Like, I just don't know what the mechanics of that is. How do you hook into that? 
academic situation, the sponsor that makes sense? Every, how do you find those people? So I think um, I go to organizational conferences ah. um, and meet people through my collaborators. Um, I've been starting to utilize social media. So for ah. academic social media and leveraging that as a tool, I think is more um, becoming more popular wasn't the case before, whereas everybody else has been doing it for a while. Um, so like I am. A yes. mm -hmm. Are you good at that? I'm getting better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the world will be won in your area. I mean, slow to adopt it as a communication vehicle, the main communication vehicle, whereas in everything else, it's the main thing now, you know? Yeah. That's true. And I think that re that resonates with your comment as maybe uh, the placing the value in mentorship is something of the past. It is. The question that did come to mind when you said that was for some, I have a couple years in my position, so I know a little bit more, but I think about the people that are behind me that are rising through the ranks. How do you filter through all of that information? Because in the past, like someone like you or my mentor, that signaled that they have some authority on the subject. So when they give you feedback, mm. you can trust that it's probably better than every a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's an assumption. But I think about all this information that we're inundated with now. How do you then teach someone to figure out which sources to rely on, which sources not to rely on? I don't think it's doable, honestly. But I think what is doable is to make your own individual voice and perspective heard in social media so that people want to follow you and trust your voice. I think rather than solving the issue of how do you vet the world that's meaningful for all these people, I think it might be very effective if you made yourself extremely meaningful and made your voice heard. And then you wouldn't have eight people following you. You'd be a mentor, if you want to use that word, to 600, 6,000. I mean, if there's a vacuum in your business, there's also an opportunity. I wonder if you could find someone uh, that you could partner with. Because sometimes I haven't been able to pull stuff up unless I had a partner. It's somehow bouncing back and forth, the camaraderie. Hey, look what we did. Blah, blah, blah. Makes it all fun. It's not as alone. Is there anyone you could look around you and say, who would be a perfect partner for me on this? I want to make my voice heard. I want to be a voice in my area. You know why I like that? It also leads to employment leads to people seeking you out okay you seem like a gold a golden cup in a closet the people in the closet all know you but i'd like to see you break out of that i could see you uh i could see you really guiding people and you have a need for that or you wouldn't be asking the question in the first place you're desirous of that but i would try to figure out how you could knock it out of the ballpark in social media you with your voice with your power that would be my best advice. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.